2022 and greater glory the manifest presence of God. Alright, today I'm going to be speaking on the what? The proofs of revival. Amen. You know, I think revival is that um, word that we keep hearing and everybody keeps saying we want revival, we want revival, we want revival. And um, let me tell you, um, the direction of today, when we say the proof of revival, it means, you know, what are the evidence of what? Of revival. Amen. Are we together? What are the evidence of revival? And um, I think it's always important to, to know the proofs of, you know, something, the evidence, so that you desire it. Amen. So every time we say revival, 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 and persons are like, oh, what's revival all, all about? Amen. And so many people know the definition, but what then do we gain out of it? Amen. Or what, you know, what are the expressions? that there's what? Revival. Is revival just a thing, just, you know, for God, you know, to benefit from? Or it's for us? Or it's even for the kingdom? Amen. Are we together? And when we say the kingdom, we're talking about combination of both us and wood. And the Father, the will of the Father, and how it what? How it benefits us. So, um, there are so many proofs, by God's grace, um, I think between now and next week Sunday, even the vigil, um, there's so many things. We're not just going to hear them. We're going to see them in, a, in full expression in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are we together? So just, you know, relax and receive all of this. And uh, we're not just going to be taught, but we're going to receive. It's one thing to be aware. It's another thing to experience. Amen. It's one thing to be aware of something, of a possibility. Amen. Many of us, we see, you know, you go on Instagram, you see the possibility to be rich. Amen. You see, you know, how people, rich people live and the rest. And besides that, how real wealthy people actually operate. Wealthy people are people who give. Amen. Do you understand? That is, you give because of what you know your security is not on what you have. Amen. You just, you can't outgive. Do you understand what I just said? You can't outgive. Anybody who is giving, they just know that it's impossible for them to run dry. Amen. A channel that is released is just aware that something is still coming. Are we together? Do you understand what I'm saying? And persons who it's difficult for them to give, it's because they believe their own security and their life is upon that thing. Do you understand? And um, what I'm saying to us is we are stepping into a realm where God will give to us. We would enjoy his fullness like never before in the name of Jesus. So let us talk. Um, what is then revival? And it's even connected to the theme for this year's, um, you know, the, the theme for this year. It is the manifest presence of God in the life of an individual, a church, or a territory, or combination of all three of them. Do you understand what I mean? It is the manifest presence of God. God is everywhere. We've established this every time. He is what? He's omnipresent, but he's not made, making himself known everywhere. So a period where God makes himself known is what? A season of revival. And there are certain proofs of what? Of God making himself known. Are we together? And that is where we are heading to. So when God is in a place, how, how do we know God is in operation? And so that is the direction for this sermon. When God appears, what are the proofs that God is in this place? Because proofs are always important. Amen. Are we together? Proofs are important. As a medical doctor, before you give any diagnosis, there are certain proofs you see. Are we together? 
there are certain signs you will see. There are clinical signs you would see when we talk about clinical picture. When you finish there, you go into what? Into biological examination. Some people go further into, you know, to discover this. People go into family history, um, disease history, history of disease and all of that. And afterwards, the next one, you go for what? Instrumental what? Diagnosis. Just to prove that this thing. So you are trying to get what? A proof. And after getting that proof, it determines the treatment you give afterwards. Because you don't just give what? Any treatment. And then what? You need proofs to tell you that this person is totally fine. Are we together? You need proofs to you, so every time we operate by proofs. Are we together? We operate all of us. We operate by proof every time. Proof is important for us, and so revival. We need the proofs of revival. We need to understand them so that we know we are working in revival or not. Now let me tell you something. Um, when somebody is backsliding or back is backsliding. Um, it's, 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 it's always obvious because the person knows that oh, I'm doing this thing, it's not good, it's not right, and all of that. It's obvious to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's obvious, oh, I'm in sin, I'm in this, and all of that. Now, it's very easy for that person. That person already knows his problem or her problem. That, okay, I have problem with this, I'm doing this. But now, let me tell you, on, um, that one is better than the next thing I'm about to say, which is a spirit of religion. That is, you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, they say, come to church, you come to church. You say, come and pray, you come and pray. But yet, there is no shift in your life. You just know that, you know, you know you're dead. Do you understand what I mean by you're dead? You know, you're not alive in the spirit. And this is the position we find so many believers every time. And that's why we always cry out for revival. That's why our churches, our, as individuals, we always cry out, God, we want what? We want revival. We want revival. We want our spirits to be revived. We want the full manifestation of God in full operation in our lives. We want that expression in our lives. And so, revival is something we must desire. For one who is backsliding, you need revival. For one who is in Christ already and it looks like everything is boring, everything is difficult, you need revival. And as we talk about these proofs, these proofs will open our eyes to certain deficiencies in our lives. Amen. Do you understand what I mean? By certain deficiencies, certain areas in which we are not re really expressing. And we begin to also discover, you know, areas we need to step up in. Amen. Where we need to step in, step up as a church, as individual. And revival, like I said, is in three levels. We have personal revival, we have church revival, and we have territorial revival. Territorial revival is one of the most obvious ones. You go to a certain territory and you understand that there is a spirit at work in that, in that location. You discover that there are certain obvious deficiencies in that area. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know that these people are dead in the spirit. And so this is the most obvious one. And you can't confuse it for anything else. Uh, uh, you go to an area where people don't know God. People are not really interested in God. You know that place is dead and all these proofs, we see them, they will, will check them as indicators and discover that that area is dead. Another one is what? A church revival. When a church is going through a revival that is collectively everybody together, the proofs are evident and we know. It, you, like you come to a church, you know if it's just a religion or if they are really revived. And one thing many believers uh, 
make mistake with is they feel God's intention always is to just revive people for just one year and afterwards just leave. Do you understand what I'm saying? They just feel, okay, oh, God has shown himself, but there's a period. The Bible says the part of the justice has a what? Shining light that does what? Shines brighter and brighter until what? Until the perfect day. And when is this perfect day? It is until the coming of the Lord. So, it is possible to live revived forever. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is highly possible. In the past 40 years, there is a nation has been going through revival over 40 years. As a matter, I think about 60 years already that they've been going through a huge revival just because of one man's submission. And that's the country of South Korea. A country uh, that used to have more Buddhist population but now it looks like Christians are now more than Buddhists in the nation. Because of what there is a revival all time in that nation. Not just a church. It has moved at first started with an individual, the person of Yonggi Cho, he just died um, last year and um, his personal life and afterwards it affected the church. And after affecting the church, it affected the community. For over 40 years, they were gathering as the most um, populated church in the world. That is every single Sunday, over a million people gather for different services but for one church. They gathered together and then they were setting signs. It was not just about gathering but they were proofs they had as Christians. In as much as the gathering itself is a proof that I'm going to go into shortly. Amen. Are we together? So for over 40 years, they were setting things that you know, were evident first in the church, afterwards in all the nation, that it came to a point whereby it's not about, it, it was not just about that church that was exploding numerically, but even other churches were also exploding numerically. Another place we can also see in, that is going through a revival at the moment here on earth, even though people, persons, might question it because of what it's not operating in full proofs is Nigeria. Nigeria is going through a revival but in proof it is not complete. Do you understand? And as we go on, I have over 20 proofs to show a revived person, a revived church, a revived territory. So there are churches that are revived, for example, in the nation of Nigeria, but the nation itself is not to revive. And that's why certain things, we see so many um, issues in the land. The Bible says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and cry out to me and change their ways, then I what? I will hear them. And I will hear them. And upon hearing them, there are certain things I will do. So we see people who have humbled themselves, but their ways are not yet changed. When revival comes, it changes the ways of people. So the reason why we have certain issues in such places is because of our ways are not yet changed. Do we understand what I'm saying? Are we together? And so we want this complete change in our lives. Where we change from our ways. Where we will not just cry out to him, but there are certain proofs, there are certain ways that have been changed in our lives. Amen. So, let's go to the book of Joel chapter 2 verse 23. I'm going to read that to 32. And we're going to start. What are the ways? Bible says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Amen. Are we together? So let me tell you, in God, there, God always, every season, there's a new rain for each season. And he's saying, look, I'm going to combine the former rain and the what? 
and the latter rain, and I'll give it to you in the first month. Amen. The next one in verse 25, uh, verse 25 says, The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrous, wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to what? To shame. Now, this is just an expo. One of the you know, proofs is that what? You will never be put to shame. You will know no shame. This one, I will give it probably next week Sunday where it's impossible. We know you can cause so many things that can put one to shame. Amen. That is even the most little things. Sickness and disease can put one in shame. Poverty can put one in shame. How many of us have ever seen something like insufficient fun before? Were you excited after seeing it? Didn't you feel some kind of shame inside of you? Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? And even the most little things, the most, I think some of people, people here, glory be to God, some people have never seen insufficient fun. POS has never shown red before for them. And you to ping like it caused the attention of everybody and you are ashamed. Amen. But you will never experience such in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's continue. It says, then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God. So you see, as is God everywhere? Yes, he's everywhere. And he's saying that these proofs you would see and as a result of this, you will know that I am in the midst of Israel. That is, I am manifesting myself. Amen. So we've said, if God be for us, who can what? Be against us. Nobody. If God be for you, no one can be against you. And there are certain proofs that we need. We need these proofs, not theoretically, but in what? In reality, in expression. Amen. It says, I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame again and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your, young, your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire in pillars of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved for in, the, for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be what deliverance and as the Lord has said among the remnant whom the Lord calls now when he says oh, for upon Mount Zion you know and it says in Jerusalem, um, it, it, it was a significant place of sacrifice in which people pray, prayed to. Do you understand? You see, even the Jews till date, any, anytime they want to pray, they pray in a certain direction. People under the Abrahamic, um, you, know, um, you know, order, they pray in a certain direction. The Muslims, you know, they came from that line. They just so they pray towards where? Towards the east. But then Jesus Christ broke this thing up for us, and He told us something in John chapter four. Remember when the um, woman of uh, the Samaritan woman by the wellside met Jesus? Said that look, our fathers prayed on the mountains, but you Jews say that what? You shall only pray where? 
in Jerusalem. And then Jesus Christ said that a time is coming that you will not have to go to the mountain or go to Jerusalem to pray. But what would happen? That you worship him in where? In spirit and in truth. And that time has come for all of us. That is why we don't need a physical building to worship God. Because of what? Where is the spirit? The spirit is inside all of us. And so, through his spirit living in us, our deliverance would come in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our change would come in the mighty name of Jesus. And we shall never be put to shame. Amen. Hallelujah. So, in the court of law, there are a man with, without evidence is always talking too much. He's always explaining too much. But one with evidence does not need to prove too much things. Do you understand? It just acts. It just reveals the evidence. This is, it just does that. That, you know, you don't, you know, there are certain proofs you must express that you have this evidence. That is, you have it. You have it. You know, it's um, like we, we always say when we talk about um, being materialistic, a rich man doesn't have to prove anything. Doesn't, you know, do you understand what I mean? Doesn't have to, you know, uh, tell you guys I'm rich. He just lives rich. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's not flashy. If you see people who are wealthy, they are not really flashy. Am I communicating? Do you, do you, do you agree with me? Check even the richest men on earth today. Um, they are not flashy. They, many of them are nerds. Bill Gates, my God. Just not even suit. I've never seen a picture of Big Gates on suit. Has anybody seen such? Like suit is good. Nothing bad with suit. Do you understand what I'm saying? And uh, you don't see all those, you know, um, five million dollar chain, you know, uh, crawling. Like, hey guys, I got good. I got good. Amen. And uh, nothing to prove because it is what it is there already. Are we together? Am I? Am I are we together? And uh, like this guy, there was a time they kept. Uh, um, laughing that looks like it's only one shirt he had. Um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, remember? Uh, dark blue shirt. And so it, it, it doesn't have anything to prove to you because his life alone is a proof that there is something inside. Amen. And so in the court of law, the same thing, nothing to prove. Um, if you don't have anything to prove, then it becomes a problem. You see a lawyer, you begin to quote section, this section. That Imagine if they, you know, look at, there's a murder case. For example, and there's a video of that murder case. And then the lawyer is to defend um, what they call the, 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 the accused. It's to defend the accused. You hear him, you begin to say rubbish that, oh, my, uh, my client had mental, what they call that thing again? Um, huh? You people know what I'm talking about. Uh, he has had what? Mental, what they call that thing. He was maybe depressed or something. Huh? What? What? A depression episode and you know everything and begin to try but there's a proof that he killed somebody here amen and you can't argue that there is a proof there's a video to establish that there was murder in this place who cares about why and then he begins to talk 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 why because and then if there is a mistake in the court of law now when I mean a mistake in the court of law is maybe they judged a case maybe five years ago or six years ago, saying that, oh, somebody went free with that same argument. Automatically, that becomes an established argument in the court of law. You see that, for example, six years ago, so-so-so judge, a judge like this, he begins to hold on to that, and that's the best proof he can hold on to. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, in the court of law, there's need for proof. How much more 
all of us as believers, what are the proofs of revival? And we need these proofs. Jesus Christ informed us of proofs and he also delivered proofs that the Spirit of God was in his life. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Anchor scripture for the month. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be what? Witnesses. You shall be proof. It does not say that you, it said that you yourself, your life will become a proof. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said, you shall be proofs. You shall be proofs. That is your life is a proof. He said, look, let, let's read it again. He said, and you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You shall be the witness. You shall be the proof that Jesus is alive. He says, to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 15 to 18. He says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will what will be condemned. And these signs will follow them. So these are the proofs that will follow those people that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They will speak new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will what? They will recover. So our lives as believers, the life of proofs, and we must express these proofs. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 to 20, it says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. Acts 10 verse 38. Our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. So, the proof of the fact that the anointing of God was upon his life was that he was doing what? He was doing good. And not just doing good, healing all. All. He didn't say healing some. Healing all were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? He has anointed me. Now, because he has anointed me, what would happen? I will preach the gospel, that is to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to eat the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who were what? Who are oppressed to proclaim this acceptable year of the year of the Lord. Now, just a very short story, and then we'll go into the first proof of revival. This is uh, John chapter 4, verse 25. John chapter 4, verse 25. You know, um, every time we carry this gospel, there are proofs that even people, there are certain evidence people who used to know that if we're believers or not. I've given this story before. I remember in, um, I think that was 2009, I went to the gas station, like filling station, like we call it in Nigeria, and then I went to buy gas, uh, fuel, and then after buying, I gave the guy money, after giving him money, and then he, he gave me uh, my change back, you know, my balance, and then I drove off, and then later I discovered that, wait, 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 this guy overpaid me, and then I returned, I was like, look, you paid me even more than, you know, what I gave to you, you paid me. And he was really shocked. He was so excited. He was like, thank you very much. And the next question he asked, that which church do you attend? And I told him I'm a Christian. 
You know, it's not about church. It's the fact that I'm a believer. Yes, that singular act can draw him to a church. But instead, what I've just done is that I drew him rather to Jesus. Because as believe, it's not about the church I attend. It's about what? The one that is actually living inside of me. That is why I'm what expressing this. So it has gone beyond the picture of, okay, because I belong here to because he's inside of me. Amen. Do we understand what I'm saying? So these are the proofs. So when we express all of this, we ex express integrity. People, who, this, this is the difference that men will see in our lives and say that indeed we are believers in character, even in terms of, you know, signs, wonders, and all of that. Amen. So let's go to John chapter 4. I'll read verse 25. And then afterwards, 28 to 30 and 41 to 42. It says, The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Look, so automatically say that when the Messiah comes, it has been written about the Messiah that when he comes, he will tell us all things. He will walk in the prophetic. He will know all of this. And what happened here, yeah, Jesus Christ simply told her that, look, you have had five husbands before. And the one, or let us say your boyfriend you have right now, you are not married to him. Though he's in your house or you are with him at home. Do you understand? That was the only thing Jesus Christ revealed to her. And then she was shocked like, wait, are you the Messiah? And then Jesus Christ said something, said that I am, that I'm here, I am he, I am the Messiah. Then verse 28 to 30, the woman then left a water pot, went away into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I have ever did. Jesus is only one thing he told her. And because of just that revelation, she has done everything I've done before this man told me. Amen. At least that's what was recorded here. See, everything I've ever done, Jesus Christ told me. And so this is a proof that he is. And then afterwards, he says, um, then they went out of the city and came to him. Let's jump to verse 41 and see for the people for themselves when they saw Jesus. And many more believed because of his own word. When they heard him speak, they believed. Not just because of what the woman said, because they saw for themselves. Amen. So these are the proofs they saw for themselves. So it was not a thing of, oh, this, this man is powerful. This is the Messiah. They saw for themselves that this indeed is the Messiah. So they, then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Because there are certain proofs they saw. So if our church is revived, if your life is revived, there are certain proofs you will see even for your own self, for your own life. When you step into the church, you know if the church is revived or not. And now, when you come to the church and you say, oh, this proof is not yet, this proof is not yet, it's, now, it's not enough for you to not say that, oh, it's not yet, so I'm going away. No, if you've discovered it, then you come back. Come and help, let us have it. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Come, it's like, uh, since you are a good detector, we, we, are, we are not, you know, as a doctor, when you discover, when you give diagnosis, you're not, you're not giving diagnosis to say, oh, you have this problem here. You're giving diagnosis for what? For treatment. Am I correct? So it's, you know, let us, let us find this thing. Is it here or not? If it's not here, let us desire it and let us press and we'll have it in the name of Jesus. So like I said, I have over, one, over 20 proofs to share. Today I'll, I'll share a few. On Thursday I'll share some. On Friday, I'll share one. The other minister will do more of the preaching. Just share one during the church time and then we'll pray. And then next week Sunday, I'll share more. Hopefully, we'll be able to finish everything. Amen. So, the first one is your relationship with God receives life. 
when you are revived. Like, what do I mean by received life? You know, it's when you are not dead in the spirit. Now, we have received the spirit of God. Bible says in the book of John chapter 20, verse 22, it says that he breathed into them and said, receive ye the what? The Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And they did what? They received the Holy Spirit. And we saw another picture of this in what? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, and he breathed into his nostrils and he became what? A living being. And as a result of Adam becoming a living being, there was a place of what? Of full communication, interaction with God. That is, it's a thing of God becomes real to you. God, he becomes a person to you that you can relate with. The moment God, let me tell you, like I'm saying, still talking about indicator. The moment God lives as a person you can relate with to something or someone that is far away, that means what? That's a sign that you're not yet revived. But when he becomes so real with you that you can relate with him, then you, that's an evidence of what? Of revival. And we, many people experience this so many times. There's a season in their life whereby it looks like they can relate with God. That is, you know, they can actually, when they are praying, you know, prayer is a thing of faith. Amen. It's a thing of faith because now you're praying. Without faith, you can't pray. Amen. Because when you're speaking to him, you're praying in Jesus' name. Are you sure he's hearing you? So you're only sure he's hearing you from what a place of faith. And so when somebody says that I prayed, I don't know if he was hearing me. What has happened here? The spirit of God is not evident in life, in life of that person. In, in manifestation. Amen. Are we together? So when he becomes so real that our relationship with him or our relating with him is so real that this is not a thing of, okay, I prayed one hour, but I don't know if he heard me. But indeed, the moment I started, I know he was hearing me. And it's not something you can fake. It's not something you can just say, oh, uh, uh, I, I feel, no, it's not, it's not, it's a thing you, when you know that you know that you know. Amen. And we see this every time. There are times whereby our relationship with God is so vibrant, where we just love to be with him, which I also talk about as a point here, where we know that God is real. Bible says that um, in Hebrews chapter 11 verses, it says that what? Without faith, it is in what? It is impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to him must, must believe that what? That he is. So the point where you come that he is, that's a place of what? When, when, you're sure, when you're so sure that what? It's a proof of revival. It's a proof of revival. It's a proof of revival. That, you know, you know you are relating with somebody. It's not far away. He's around. And let me tell you, when you're so conscious of his being around, it changes everything about your life. I've given this illustration so many times. I heard it first from um, Watchmani. Like, I read it first instead because Watchmani wrote his book, um, Normal Christian Life, about, I think, years ago, a Chinese uh, minister of the gospel, and um, there was something he said, he said that, look, that when we are conscious of the presence of God, this is the effect that it has on our lives. It's a thing of, um, for example, if I have, and you know, you have a revelation of God, how great he is, and you know he's living inside of you. So he gave an example, he said that, if I have 10 ruble coin inside my pocket right now, and I'm walking in on the street, I'm not really conscious about that coin. Amen. Not so con, you just, mm, 10 rubles. Because it can't even pay transport. It's insignificant. Many of us, if you search, have you searched your house before and just see coins? I know these days now we use e-banking, but I know in those days I had one cup. 
I used to pour coins, coins. I used to misplace coins anyhow. And you're not so conscious about it. They give you change with coin. You're not so conscious about it. And but if you have, imagine if you have, on one pocket here, ten thousand dollars. There's giving a similitude with, you know, our current day currency. Ten thousand dollars, one pocket. Ten thousand dollars, the other pocket. It's inside of you, man. It's not everybody you will shake. There's somebody. Some people will say, "I." Ah, Amen. It's, you, it's not every transport you enter. Amen. Do you understand what I mean? If the bus is choked, for example, you will be like, hey, have you, I remember um, in 20, 2012, when I was to pay my school fees, so I went to the bank, went to, then, Naira, you know, Naira was still good. And I had the thing inside this, my file. Oh my God. Then it was seven, then no, 720,000 Naira. Today, right now, is one like one thousand dollars. Amen. Then, so I had it inside. You know, I was to go. I had the naira inside, so I was to go buy dollars in black market. Then the difference was not much, and I had it here. Oh my God! Even the taxi I entered, I was suspecting the driver. Everybody around me became a suspect. Like this means my. Do you understand? So when you have ten thousand, if someone say, "Hey, like, God bless," you are in a hurry. You don't, because of what? You have something of value inside of you. Much more when we have the presence of God inside of us. And remember, we have God living inside of us. And so, what is the difference here? It's your consciousness. You are so conscious of what? Of that $20,000 you have in your pocket. And so, revival is when you are so conscious of Him and you relate with Him. Just like the way you touch your dollars every time. Is it still there? Amen. If somebody touches you right now, you will go back to check. It's still here. Amen. Is there, it's like some people have passed $20,000 level here. Some people can misplace $20,000. You've never experienced it. Oh my God, you will get there in Jesus' name. And beyond, of course, obviously. Amen. Are we together? Come on, wake up in Jesus' name. Amen. So, when you have this, you're so conscious of it. You interact with the money. Amen. You touch it. And, you, and it's the same thing. And what is the effect? So we just put this as one. I'll give you one A, B, C, D. The first one is what? Um, the effect of you being alive in the spirit, that's your relationship with God being alive, is what? High spiritual sensitivity. Just like the example I gave to us, you are so sensitive. Amen. You are very you are sensitive because of what? Something of value is with you. And so the same way also we can put this in one dimension that you're so sensitive of what can steal the presence of God and the same way also you're sensitive in operation. That is, you're so receptive with the things of the Spirit. That is, every time you pray, let me tell you, whenever you are revived, your prayer has different fragrance. Amen. I believe every one of us have experienced it. You know when you pray, you know what it means to have dry prayer? Uh, as, do you know, understand what I mean? Your prayer is dry. It looks like everything I see is bouncing back to you. And the one where you just pray and just like, ha! You enter. Anybody like that? And this is the thing. Your spirit is so sensitive. And not just sensitive to speak, but also sensitive to hear. Amen? Sensitive also to hear. That is everything. There's this, it's, it's a time of what? Deep spiritual sensitivity. The next one is what? Spiritual direction. Whenever you relate with God, God directs you. Because he's always, he's always saying, he says, and he will show you what? All things. So he just keeps teaching you. He just keeps leading you. So as we relate with him, you know, as, you know, as we revive, we would see this 
life in our relationship with him. And the effect of that is what? Is being led always by him. The next one is what? High spiritual judgment. You're able to tell what is good and what is evil. It's just, you know, your spirit, your conscience is what? Is, you know, is active. Amen. It's always active. The next one is what? Is a period of what? Deep revelation from who? From God. Every time. You can, anywhere you are, you can just be, you know, I, I gave us a story of how it was um, when we had a program uh, around, uh, in front of Mega Green Day. It was meat. I went to eat. How many of us remember the story? I just went to eat meat and I got, you know, I was hearing from God. Some of us, you're in the bathroom and God is speaking to you. Anywhere. You are in the bus, in the taxi, in the car driving or whatever and God is just speaking to you and not just that anytime you open the word of God you're getting something from God you're getting something from God it's no longer dry to you has anybody experienced a face in their life where they are so addicted to God's word it's so beautiful when you are in that face you are revived amen the next one is hunger for God's house hunger for God's house hunger for fellowship and hunger for service you just want to be in the presence of God. You just enjoy being in the presence of God with other saints. The Bible says in the book of um, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it says that what? Do not what? Do not forsake the gathering of what? Of the brethren. And it's just, you know, gathering, being in, you know, with the children of God is a thing of joy. You just love it. You just love it. I remember I, I, I was giving a story that um, in 2009, during leaders meeting on Thursday, I was saying that, you know, in 2009, in the morning, I will just, you know, I'll dress up, then, you know, um, no, not 2009, 2010, I'll dress up, wear tie, wear suit in the morning. Yeah, it's true. We'll go, when we're opening fellowship everywhere, I'll just, you know, like, Monday to Monday, if that's the right way to call it, Sunday also. In short, I think one, my restless face then used to be, Sunday after service because the next the next break the next I have meeting is like 6 p.m. I just wanted to be in the guy because that 6 p.m. is leaders meeting for what called Feka then because that break is too much when people are enjoying you know what they call enjoy you know Sunday family time oh my family will forget I just it got to a point they thought I was a fanatic they, my mother gave me a name she's coming bishop of the whole world just to get at me because there was a man from leaders that would used to act funny. And he used to call himself, he's the bishop of the whole world. So they knew I didn't like that man. So my mom started using it against me. Bishop of the whole world, bishop of the whole Because of what? How I was so, you know, hungry to be in the presence of God. It's, 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 you know, and uh, I was addicted to this presence. But personally, you know, um, I've given stories of how uh, even till date, just I don't even, in, in Russia, yeah, even up until recent, uh, there are times, but I love calling these old ones so that, you know, you understand certain things uh, from it. Remember then, uh, I'll just say, I'll just speak to my youth pastor then. Give me the key to this church. I'll just be there three days, just in the presence of God alone. Three days, just fasting, praying, fast, pray, fast, pray, read the word of God. And it was just enjoyable. It was not a problem. These days, then we'll go to church and then it's like, hey, it's tiring. How many of us get tired coming to church? Hallelujah. Amen. It's tiring. It's a sign that you need to be revived. Amen. Because, look, I told you that there are over 20 proofs. There are over 20 proofs. This is one of them. 
meant. Let me tell you, when you're revived, it changes your life. Everything about you changes. And we'll go further. Let's go into Acts chapter 2, verse 41 to 47. It says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In, break, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, then fear came upon every soul and, every, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. Now verse 46 it says, So continual, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread, from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were what? Being saved. So they were gathering every day. They just enjoyed being in the presence of God every day. That's the best place to be in. It was just, you know, gathering together, just fellowshipping. They enjoyed it. I don't know the timing. Yeah. You know, like these days, due to economic um, importance, persons go to school, people go to work, and all of that. I'm sure these people also experienced it. They were going to work because, you know, they had that. But then they were still addicted to what? To the presence of God. Maybe they had a time in the day where they just gathered. And what's, just, what, what's in for them? Just to enjoy the presence of God together as, one, as believers. And so this is one proof. This is one proof. Another um, a story... In the year 1906, many of us have heard of Azusa Street Revival before, when the outpouring of the Holy Ghost was so strong. Among, you know, started with a man, uh, an African-American man, William Seymour. And then, you know, he, he gathered seven persons in, uh, in a room, and they began to, you know, pray, and the Holy Ghost came. And for over, I think, from 1906 till 1915, every day, every day, it got to a point why they called it Azusa Street Revival is because what started with seven persons, it exploded. The whole nation, people, it, if, you, if you check the internet, you see pictures of people gathered in the street. They would just come, just, you know, worship God, you know, spend time in the presence of God. There was this hunger. Even in recent times, like I told you, remember I gave us a story of the, of the church in South Korea, um, um, the church in South Korea by Yonggi Cho, that church, you know, for over 40 years was the largest um, church in the world. And these people, every morning, every morning, as a mother, every morning you see over 10,000 persons gather just to pray. Physically, they will just gather. They will begin to pray. They just minister to God. Uh, even my uh, church in Dunamis, uh, in Abuja, for over a year, I remember every evening we just gather. And that was when God did, you know, some strange things in the church. We just gather every day. The every, nobody was concerned that, oh, uh, um, uh, me, I need break. Oh. And then, no, people were just hungry in his presence. And they saw God. It was a sign of what is of revival. And we need more of this. Even my, um, the, the, before TWC, I used to um, pastor as a stand pastor in the Russian church. And uh, then every morning would gather. Every morning. All of us as a church would gather before going to work. I remember then it used to be, I think we'll start 6.45 a.m. 
even in winter, would gather then at um, Sadova, Lenina City, would gather, would just pray. And those times were times where God showed us great things, mighty things in the land. And not just showed, but did them. Amen. And so all this, we're just so excited in the presence of God in one accord. Amen. And um, we can go on and on and on. And it's not just gathering, but there were certain things that were stirred up. It's a thing of, I've received this revival and it must last. Have we gone to strong miracle services before where, you know, the move of God was so strong and you just want this to sustain. You just want this to sustain. I went to a camp and after the camp, it, like the fire was too much. I lost my voice and then I got back to church on Sunday. Ah! The camp finished on Saturday. I got back to church on Sunday. I was like, ah! So this thing will just end there. I said, no. I collected church care. I was like, ah! Let me go again. And then I press in. Now, another proof I'm going to give to us, uh, the fourth one for today, I was going, I'm going to give to us the place of boldness. Talk about this thing of preaching. It has never been my thing. I don't like it. But today, now people who say I preach long, self. Amen. It has never been my thing. I don't like it. I can't stand in front of people. And so one day, that day, I, you know, after that three days, and I then discovered that, oh, on timetable in FECA, that is it's a um, fellowship for young people. I was supposed to minister as the Kai. So that day I, you know, from that prayer place, and I remember, normally, usually, I know we have some people like that. Persons who, if they give you something to do, and the day before you cancel it, do you have anybody like that? Or that morning, you'll say, ah, brethren, brethren, ah, this thing, I'm scared, I'm afraid, I can't do it. Is there anybody like I used to be like that. When I was in secondary school, I was um, the church, a youth church, uh, I said youth church, the school um, pastor. But guess what? People thought I was so humble. They didn't know I was afraid. I used to tell other people to preach. Say, this is our pastor and he's very humble. They didn't know I was scared. Assembly grand, I would say, oh, you pray. And you know, you had those people who are ginger. No, that, then in secondary school, the chapel, we were over 2,000. Ah, me. I would, no, no, no. So they, because of, you know, character and everything, they say, oh, I'm the set man. Set waiting. So it was, I was that kind of a timid person. And so, when they told me I was going to preach that Wednesday before, in my mind, like, Shay, when you reach that day, I'll just cancel it. No problem. So, but the fire was too much. And then I got there that day and, hey, I, hey, Jesus, I preach, 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 preach. I will, everybody was shocked when I gave altar call. Everybody came and said, no, look, no, it's not like, listen, yeah, my altar call. People, everybody, they didn't move back, including my president who asked me to preach. And I was like, the fire was too much. And this, why am I saying this is, when the fire comes, we must sustain it. We must sustain it. We must press in. Amen. The next thing I'm going to say is, there's transfer of wealth in the church, and giving and receiving becomes evident. It's, it becomes a common thing. Revival goes with wealth. Go and check. I'm still calling South Korea as another example. Go and check. Uh, immediately after the Second World War, South Korea was one of the poorest nations on earth. Was one of the poorest nations on earth. And from the church, God raised men in the city, in the nation. And it's a time where there is transfer of huge wealth in the church. Today we don't, we look, it looks like Christians, we have many poor Christians. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? It looks like many people when they become Christian, they become poor. That is an abnormality. Look, let me tell you, receiving Christ alone, you've set yourself for battle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Receiving Christ alone, that is, you're not in light. There's an, you've been in darkness since. Darkness doesn't fight against darkness. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Remember what Jesus Christ said. He said that the kingdom divided against itself cannot what? Cannot stand. Darkness is fully aware of it. Witches, when they see a witch disturbing with honor and uh, dealing with another witch, they don't, uh, uh, they, they see a fellow witch dealing with somebody else. They don't interfere. Instead, they what? They add more problem. They don't fight against themselves. Instead, they fight against that entity in which they are operating in. Remember what um, Jesus said. He said that when you cast out demon from a man and then the demon leaves, after a while, he would come back to check if that body is still available. When he sees it is available, what will he do? It will not just stop there. It will not just enter, hello, I am back. No, he will go and call seven more. Say, guys, come. And the same thing, remember, um, bacteria, this is how they operate. When you have, that's why you must finish your dose for antibiotics. If you, you know, there is um, any bacteria whatsoever, if it, if it infects an individual, upon infection, what happens? If you introduce antibacteria, um, it leaves immediately. Do you understand? It, you know, it, you begin to destroy the spores and all of that. But they tell you to what? To finish your dose, finish the battle. So some people are so quick because when you don't finish it, now you are fine. But then there's a possibility of regrowth when it comes up again. What happens? It becomes resistant to that antibiotics. It knows its tactics. Now you need what? You need a reinforcement. Are we together? The same thing also in the thing of the spirit. When you set yourself up for Christ, you feel better instantly the first time. Maybe something God does a miracle, but you need to finish that dosage. You need to be on fire throughout because the only way for you to continue to win is for you to be what? Consistently on fire. So that's why you see in the church today, persons, you know, you discover why are people broke? Why are people going through financial difficulties and everything? Because they are fire. They, the fire is pseudo. The enemy already understands. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter, I think that is 20 verse 18, if I'm not mistaken, 8 verse um, 18 or 8 verse 20, you see that what? I am God that giveth thee what? Power to what? To get wealth. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it added no what? Sorrow unto it. So these are the plans for, of God for our life. But we must stay consistently revived. Only when we are revived consistently, we will what? We will operate in this dimension of prosperity. Let's go to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 44. Acts to don't worry, I have only four points for us today. This is um, number three, 44 to 46. It says, Now all who believed were together and did what? Had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had what? Need. So needs were fulfilled in the church. Because of what? The church was experiencing a revival. It's a thing that, oh, is there anybody here? You know, there's something I see today that I'm really angry about in the church today, where it looks like um, um, people call prosperity, um, they, you know, they shout prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. It looks like the prosperity is only for them and them alone. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? It looks like it's only for them and them alone. The first church had a different system of oppression. It's a thing that if there's a revival in a place, it's a thing that everyone become wealthy, not to oppress other people. We see this oppression everywhere. Um, oh, this one is rich. And have you, you yes, some people who are wealthy, and it looks like they hate women poor people. It's not like they hate poverty. We should all hate poverty here. Yeah. But it looks like the people, they begin to tell you, look, 
this is why you are poor. You continue to remain poor if you don't continue to do this. Have you had such things like that? You be continue. No. It's to, you know, there's a way we can help people in love. And helping in love first, first give them to eat. Jesus Christ didn't see the multitude and he said, that, Look, you see? You see all of you? Hunger will kill you. Amen. He first thought about their welfare first. And this is the same thing. You know, that's the same way God operates. He will first use his power to lift you up and then afterwards teach you how to operate in that power. When somebody is blind, when somebody thinks, I was blind, now I can see. Afterwards, his next intention is that what? Is that you operate in that same power. The Bible says that what? That we've been reconciled to what? To reconcile that. He has given us this ministry of what? Reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So, now he has reconciled all to himself. He's reconciling men to himself and he's also giving what? Men the ministry of reconciliation empowering them to reconcile and so this is what God does and so in the church it becomes what a thing of common wealth that is you know we bring in the blessing into the household of faith is there somebody here you know um, there's this rubbish I hear every time uh, forgive me if you've heard it anywhere uh, and you're angry with this but it's rubbish people are like oh anytime you want to sow Look for the kind of ground you will sow. They tell you that only the person who is prosperous, his ground is good. Other people who are lacking, their ground is bad. Have you heard such before? They tell you that, oh, this one, that ground is bad. Oh, my God. Because the person doesn't have, his ground is bad. That's, that's devilish. Do you understand? What? When Jesus sees the poor, he wants to what? He wants to help the poor. And so we hear this rubbish every time. Our mentalities are, you know, have been shaped in this wrong way. They say, when it's time to give, they say, oh, don't give, don't give to small church, give to big church, that big one. People get testimonies from the that is that, is that big church they want to share it? Do you know what we call big church? Do you understand what I mean? That's what they want to share because they believe the God of that one they are going to is not strong. It's only the God of that one. That's devilish. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's totally devilish. If, it's, if we believe it is the same spirit, then we shouldn't have this mentality that the spirit, yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like this, and this spirit here is bad. It's the same spirit. as the same spirit. The same spirit. The same spirit. The same spirit. And so our mentality must be different. The first church, everyone was the same in their sight. They were helping each other. And let me tell you, there's a difference between being a receiver and being a channel. God treats those two people differently. If, you, if all you want to do is to be receiving, there's, a, there's an allocation for you from God. But if you want to be a channel, my God, he would just keep pumping through you. He would keep pumping through you. You would lack nothing. You would lack nothing because he knows that what? You are a system of irrigation. And that's why when he said that if you give, you receive. He knows what he's saying. He knows what he's doing. He knows what, you know, like is every time God is always looking for channels, he's always looking for men. Look through the Bible. Cyrus, for example, God anointed him for a task. And so in a season of revival, check. Anytime you are stingy, just know you are not revived. Do you understand what I'm saying? But anytime it's just becomes, have you ever given before and you're happy? You gave. Is there anybody like that? You gave to somebody and you're just happy. You're excited. Sometimes. Huh? multiple times, I thought I heard sometimes <laughs> amen, you just give and 
that time when you do it like that, that it shows that your spirit is really alive. It shows you, and it shows that your security is in Him, is in God, and not in that thing you have anywhere. He said, "What do you have that you were not given? Everything we have, it, it was given to us." Amen. Acts four thirty-two to thirty-five. I have a, a lot of scriptures, but um, we just move. It says, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. This is a season of revival. Where people begin to say, ah, all these things for all of us. Amen. It's for all of us. There's a season of everything. How can I help you? It's not a thing that, oh, let me only give to this person or this kind of persons. And the people will give just for identity. Amen. They say they give just, you know, so they know that they, they, they can give. Do you understand what I'm saying? They give, they, they see, uh, especially in, forgive me, I've not gone to so many countries and serve in many churches in many countries, but I see this every time in Africa. It looks like if you give money to the pastor, you are more blessed. But if you give to other people, they are not sure you'll be blessed. Have you seen such maybe wherever you are from? That's devilish. Um, I, I say it boldly. It's of the devil. It's not of God. It's not of God. Amen. He says, Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. With great power, the apostles gave witnesses of the to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. That's revival. Where no one lacks. No one lacks. There's plenty for everybody. For all who were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the process of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet that they distributed to each one as they had need, not for the apostles to enjoy. Amen. There's a difference. Is for what? For distribution. And a point, this is chapter 4. Remember, a point came where the apostles were tired of distributing. And then they had to create a committee for what? For distribution. That's how Stephen was what? Was revealed. A committee for distribution. So every time there's revival, everybody is sharing. There's the way for everyone is being taken care of. Amen. Are we together? Amen. Tell somebody, wake up. Okay, they are not sleeping. Amen. All right. So be a channel. Live as a channel. And if you operate this way, I tell you the simple truth. Your life will be lifted. Uh, I, I am telling you the simple Many of you are on a journey here. And um, they opposite every time. There are things, you know, um, there are things you would get that you don't have to pay for. Amen. There are things you would get in life that you don't have to pay for. There are people who are paying so much for health. But look at you. Just enjoy it. Amen. And I pray you continue to enjoy divine health in the name of Jesus. Last thing I will say, I'll just cut it off. Time has gone. I've said a lot of things. Um, but it's the area of courage. I'll just cut it into two. On Thursday, I would speak more about it. It's being bold season of revival let me tell you, in life how many of us know if we're very bold we'll be better than we are today amen 
if we, you know, is, do we have any, be sincere, anybody who is timid in any area of their life? You are timid. Amen. And they tell you, some of you have not been bold to exercise certain things, even to take risk. You know, people, if you don't take risk in this life, you won't rise. It's a simple truth. You risk many things. Your coming to Russia is probably a risk. Is that true? Some people, even before they were of age, their parents risk sending them here. Am I correct? Some people, like, you must take risk. But you can only do that, you know, from a place of courage. Peter, when he was, you know, when the Spirit of God was not yet inside of him and he was not yet to revive, remember how he denied Jesus Christ three times? And then after that, he was shocked. Initially, initially he was, oh, don't worry. I got you. I mean, people say, I got you. Don't worry. I got, and the thing God like this, just, <laughs> amen. They just, uh, don't worry. They hail you. They hail you. Andres, though he, he performed initially. Remember, Peter, when those people came to get him, he came to get Jesus Christ. And he made those, you know, like, ah! Like, like, just display. And Jesus said, who sent you, Peter? Calm down. Like, amen. Don't, don't fight. And then Jesus Christ healed the man back and afterwards, and Jesus Christ had told him that, look, you deny me three times. Probably that's where he had that ginger from, like, ah, Baba day, like, amen. And when they caught his bros, Jay's Jesus, like, eh? And then he was, you know, everybody ran away. I love Peter so much. May we have friends who, even if they are timid, they will still be around. In Jesus' name. They, everybody ran away. And he go, he was seeing, you know, he was afar off seeing, hey, they are dealing with Jesus. You know, I've shared this story before. How um, in 2017 we had an event, and then I was taken to court. Uh, like I was to be taken to court. I was actually taken to court, and may even pastors were unfriending me on VK. Like I'm the everybody jackpot. Like hey, and only it took some people. That's why let me tell you, in life, God would send people you don't ex you never expected to bless you. It was unbelievers who stood like, oh, don't worry. And they stood. Christians disappeared. Amen. They're not bored. And it looked like it's only me that was bored. <laughs> to carry your cross yourself. And it happened. And God so, so delivered me. I never saw the judge. And that story is for another day. And I will tell you, every time you're boarding, Acts 2.14, the same Peter when these people were speaking in tongues and people gathered and then Peter says that look but Peter standing but Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem let this be known to you and heed to my words ah Peter he was not speaking from a physical point he was intoxicated in the spirit where we are just so you know bored that where we know that if God be for us, nobody can be against us. This is revival. Amen. And last verse I will say for this, on Thursday I'll speak more about this. Acts chapter 4 verse 28 to 33. Before this, in chapter 3, when Peter looked at the man by the beautiful gate, he said, look, in the name of Jesus, rise up. And the man did not rise. Peter was still bold. He said, look, you don't want to stop. He grabbed him. No, get up. Amen. This was the same Peter. And verse 28, they told them, look, 
they, they told them, don't talk about this Jesus anywhere again. Don't, so they returned, you know, they had talked about Jesus, they returned, uh, they, you know, they, they warned them. And then they went back to God. And this was their prayers. It says, to do whatever you earned, he said, and they gathered together to pray, and they said to him that he should do what? That he should help them, and to do whatever you earned, and your purpose determined to be done before, um, uh, your purpose determined before to be done, now look unto their what? Their threats, and grant to your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word. Many of us, it's difficult to even be a witness, you know, to share the gospel because you are afraid. What would the person think about me? Has it happened to anybody before? Like, you know, you have somebody, you want to share the gospel, you're like, hey, what if they say no? What if they say no? You have done what you were asked to do. The Bible says that how can they hear except there's someone to speak to them? And you can only witness if you're bold. You can only declare this Christ if you're bold. If you're not bold, it's difficult. And how many of us want to be want to declare Jesus boldly everywhere? Amen. I pray you will give us the grace in Jesus' name. It says, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with what? with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common, and with great power the apostles gave witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. We need to be bold. Remember Joshua and Caleb? The time came where they looked at Canaan. They were sent as spies. Others saw giants. These boys saw bread. These ones are too small for us. And they possessed the land. Still, a time came where, you know, the promise of God had come to pass. And Caleb said that, look, even at his old age, this was like 40 years afterwards, and he was like, look, ah, I must get my inheritance. And he said, that, okay, well, if you want inheritance, we still have some giants there. If you want to go, go and conquer. And still, that boldness was still in him. And he got his inheritance. Many of you need to be bold to get what God wants for you. In your career, every point in your life, you need boldness every time. If you're not going to be bold, you won't take certain decisions. Even to do some exams, you need to be bold. Have you ever discovered the exams you go very boldly? You know, you're so bold, you get more results from such exams. The ones you're scared of, they, they, you know, they tripped you and you fell. Amen. Oral exams, for example, if you are, uh, if you, are, uh, uh, you fail. Amen. And then there are some teachers. Oh, I'm a teacher. I'm telling you, but don't say rubbish with boldness. Amen. Just, it's just, but, you know, there are some students, they are answering. And you say, okay. Some of you, you're not bored. That's where you get three. Even if you have said everything. And you come on like, but I said everything. You're not bold. Amen. Are we together? You're not bold. They, they thought maybe it was guesswork. But when you say it, when you, even, I'll tell you one trick. Many teachers, they, they, even though some teachers, there are some things they want to hear inside that your answer. And then, there are some, once they hear the first one, the second one, they just believe you know the remaining because of the way you said it. Do you understand? 
You just like this, this, this ah, this guy no. You just jump, 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 jump. You, you, the teacher has already made mind that I'm giving this one five. And somebody like, uh, ah, guy, are you going to get two today or three or maybe one? <laughs> Amen. So, and this is the thing. The same thing also with life. If you are afraid, have you seen dogs? When you are scared of the dog, that's when it it plays with your heart the more. Amen. So, hey, 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 and, it, and the dog is playing. It's, <laughs> How you know that those dogs are useless? It's, they will never bite you. They just like that. You're hey, just you're running. It's playing. And they say, "Don't worry, it's playing." Which playing? You're hearing. Oh, amen. It's the same thing. The enemy just want to see God's people jump in here. And sometimes it's not even his striking that destroys them. Because he can't, maybe he really can't destroy them. It's them getting into their own trap that destroys them. And so he just keeps, you know, giving you, making you so scared. Have you ever done something before and you're like, ah, I thought this thing was more scary. And some people go for, what they call name? in amusement park what they call roller coasters and they are scary yeah I hear people shout yeah and so this is the thing or injection it's scary amen there are some people who like injection here compared to tablets one, two, amen. Never, amen. So different things. So and then you finish. You see somebody that is, is crying. So people cry before they go through certain things, and they go through. You're like ah, and they begin to realize that really that cry is not you know is not what it is. Exaggerated cry. So many of you have exaggerated fear, but when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, when you are in a season of revival. You don't care about anything. You just step up. You just go out and you just do it. And so we need the revival and we'll go all out to do these things that God has promised for us in Jesus' name. So on Thursday, a quick one, and we're going to pray. On Thursday, we have our workers and leaders um, retreat. Remember I said something, the point, the second point I believe I gave to us it's a time where people are hungry to be in fellowship with God. That is to be in service, in fellowship, and in service. Where people just like, you know, they want to serve God. The early church, everybody wanted to serve. And I'll tell you, this season, be hungry to serve. I mean, just be hungry. I don't need to beg you. I don't need to advertise it too much to serve. I don't need to do it. Where there is that compelling power to just serve and we would experience that in Jesus' name. So on Thursday, we have uh, leaders and workers retreat. It starts 9 o'clock in the morning. Every one of you who, by God's grace, you are convinced to serve in the house. Every one of us should be serving in the house. Amen. Come, 9 o'clock in the morning. What? Oh, amen. It's already serving. Amen. So come, nine o'clock in the morning and we're going to have a great time we have um, an amazing guest who's also going to be speaking to us and then the retreat also we're going to um complete this um you know this courage we'll give three other proofs and then we'll see how we'll go the, the 
my prayer is that we would experience all of these proofs in the name of Jesus. We'll have these things as evidence and not as diagnosis only to diagnose that we don't we are deficient in this area, but that we would see their sufficiency in our lives in the name of Jesus. Can we be on our feet as we pray? Thank you so much of our time, but God is good.